you're a kid and let's say you're playing soccer or whatever, there's always a coach. There's someone to see the things that you don't see and help you to make the tweaks or the pivots to play better, to perform better. And why would it be any different in entrepreneurship? That's something that is it's more than a game. This is life. This is changing the world in your own little way. And so having a, a mentor, a coach who has done it, who you can learn from, who you can see how they've grown through struggles, it was very clear to me from the beginning, like who has done what I want to do and how can I learn from them? So whether that was taking a course, reading a book, or like paying someone to be my mentor, there there are free, you can take YouTube, uh, YouTube videos all day to learn from mentors. You can get books from the library. It doesn't have to be an investment financially, but it has to be an investment of your time. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, each of us has a story that we want to communicate into the marketplace. Now, not everybody listening to this has a business where you're using social media marketing or video to promote, but most of us will watch videos online of some sort or another. And today's guest, uh, Marley Jacks, is an expert in this space. And we just really talk about communicating successfully, but also her journey and story as a successful entrepreneur. Now, one of the things we discuss in the show is if we're going to be successful in life, we do need to be connected to our passion, to our purpose, to be clear about what's most important to us. And uh, some time ago, we put together a e-course, what do you really value? And my encouragement is, is that if you already haven't taken it, is that this is something that could transform your life. Or if there's somebody who is struggling for clarity and really want to get, get connected or at least have a part of their life connected to that energy and passion and inspiration that really drives us and pushes us through um, you know, life's difficult times, but also engages us and it makes us alive, then I encourage that you would think about that as a option. Now, thank you as always for your most valuable commodity, your time. If you like what we're doing, pass it on, leave a positive comment, uh, share it with other people, let other people know, subscribe. All of these things help to get the word out. If you're interested in connecting with CRG and some of the things we're doing, you know, it's for speaking, training, virtual events, uh, then please reach out to us at crgleader.com. So here's our episode today where we talk to Marley Jacks. And thank you for being a listener of Secrets of Success. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, one of the things out in the marketplace pretty well everywhere is this video marketing and we have a video marketing expert that's going to be joining us uh, or has joined us and uh, welcome to the show for us today Marley Jacks. Hello thank you for having me here today. And uh, Marley I, as always at Secrets of Success we go into the story of our guests and just their journey and what they went through to kind of get to the level that they're at now. So why would we change that format? <laughs> so uh, just tell us a little bit more about your, or, or not more, but tell us about you growing up, Marley, and just some of your background um, as a young adult. Ah, growing up, I, um, it's funny when you connect, connect the dots backwards and you see like how 
the things that you did as hobbies were, are now parts that make up, you know, your career and, and what you do today. Like I think back of when I used to steal my dad's video camera and make little news shows with my, with my cousins and do funny little things like that. I used to bring a camera to parties on the weekend and turn into like a big recap video. And funny that now video is really mm. my life. Um, I actually started out as a dental hygienist. I knew that that was going to be just a secure kind of job while I figured out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And mm. as I was a dental... how did you just... Now, of course, I, as a host, I always get to interrupt my guests. Go for so it. How did, how did dental hygienists get on the list? Um, you know, it was... My mom encouraged it. She thought that it was a, a good career that you go to work and you uh, you don't have to take work home with you because it's not like you can bring the teeth home. Mm. And and you bought into that idea. Well, it was kind of a good compromise for me because I knew that I wanted that it was going to be a temporary thing that I wanted to figure out something else. But in the meantime, I was like, sure, I'll go be a dental hygienist to start. Now, did you go directly into that training after high school, or did you take a degree before that? Uh, no, I went. Uh, I did right into. I mean, there was a year of prerequisites of just general sciences, and then right into dental. Mm, cool. And did you do that in your current location of where you live now? Uh, no, I actually, I moved to Toronto for school. Okay, and then were you a hygienist there? I was for a little bit, yep. Okay. So when you think about uh, taking that schooling, any sort of experiences or life lessons that you learned there that would be beneficial for the audience? Um, you know, I was not a star student. I was pretty much getting through it. Um, because I just, I wanted, I wasn't like the rest of the girls in my dental hygiene school. They were very excited about their careers. And I was just like, I knew that there was something else I wanted to do on the other side of it. So I, I got through school and I had a ton of extracurricular activities. Like I worked at a radio station at the time. I worked part-time at a, a restaurant. I still took acting classes and singing lessons and piano lessons. And, um, and I, I was always all over the place, kind of like an entrepreneur is now. Right, right. So part of the, I guess one of the things we can take out of that is that passion really drives drive engagement, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So you finish hygienist school, you start working in that space, then what happened? Um, I was, I left for a while because uh, I found a really great opportunity in event management. And it's crazy that some of the speakers that I was working with putting these events on are the kind of speakers that are they're on my, my bookshelves now, like Gary Vaynerchuk, Seth Godin, Malcolm Gladwell, some of these people that now I, I wish at 20 years old I realized that I had, I would have realized the opportunity I had being so close to these speakers and putting on events with, with them on stage. And I was often the one running around backstage making sure that they were on stage on time and getting them to their hotels and stuff and just didn't appreciate it as much as I wish I did. Mm. Oh, cool. Well, that's pretty neat that you had that background, and then now you can look back on it and say, okay, well, that was an interesting time. Yeah. So you did event management, and then what did you do? You come back to being a hygienist? Yeah, then I transferred into a company that did event management for uh, for concerts, and so I was working with, like, celebrities and performers, and that was really exciting. And, um, and then after that, I, I started to get, you know, this industry is, it's there's some egos in that industry and um mm -hmm. so i i'm a sensitive person i was like you know what i'm this isn't for me and uh i left that and i went back to dental kind of with my tail between my legs while i figured out what was the next thing that i wanted to do mm. 
So what do you think you learned in, you know, during them times doing events that you've brought into your businesses now? I definitely learned how to, how to communicate with people, how to work under high pressure, high stress, um, and even just how to work with people that sometimes aren't reasonable and to set up boundaries. Like I'm so glad that I, that I learned that because now even with clients, if they're, if they don't get me or if they, if they, you know, ask for above the scope of work kind of thing, instead of feeling like I have to make everyone approve or, or whatever, it's, it's, well, no, this is, this is what I do. And this is, this is what it is. Um, and then also just being able to manage, uh, I, I worked with a lot of people, managed a lot of people, and it was a great opportunity to work with also high profile people, which is now what I, what I do now. Cool. Uh, thank you for that. So now you took your tail between your legs, <laughs> a hygienist. What was sort of evolving in your mind and your heart at, at that time? Well, it was funny that I, as a dental hygienist, I knew that it was, again, just temporary while I figured out what else I wanted to do. But I still enjoyed it. Like, I, I would go to the dental office. I would, meet, I would work on my patients. And I made it my personal mission to make their day so that, you know, people don't typically like going to the dentist. So I wanted to be, like, a dental hygienist stand-up comedian. And so I would try to make them laugh. And, of course, when you're a dental hygienist, the conversation is very often one way because your hands are in their mouth. They can't respond. So I started learning how to, like, tell stories and how to, how to get emotions from people. Well, you're not like my hygienist, uh, Marley, who <laughs> asked the question. And then she knows I can't answer it. And I said, oh, will you please stop asking me questions? Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. And it's interesting you were being insightful there that, okay, I'm going to tell a story linked around this. And then when you take a break, maybe they have a comment. So yeah. you did that. You were kind of setting that up. You want to make their day. Uh, then when did you transition out of that? I started doing social media for the dental office. And it was funny that uh, I didn't even really know too much what I was doing. But I just I knew how to make content and I knew how to put pictures to it and, and post on Facebook and Twitter and that's what we were using at the time and it started to get some good results for the dental office and then um, their IT guy was like hey you're good at this can I refer you to one of my other clients well next thing you know he referred me to all of his clients and all of a sudden I had a business wow so that was all planned out fairly closely yeah. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that when you started to share that passion that the referral side of things just expanded you into this Absolutely. opportunity? Yes. Now, were you still in Toronto at that time? No, I was back uh, in Edmonton where my family is. Okay. So uh, with that, so now your business started to evolve. Did you uh, quit being a hygienist fairly quickly or how did you manage that transition? Um, it was about two to three years. I would slowly start to reduce a day at the office and work less and less um, until it became part-time and then finally took the leap and was like, okay, hey, I'm going all in on this. No more plan B. Mm -hmm. You know, for those of that are listening and are thinking about starting their own business or just have started their own business, Marley, what advice would you give to the individual out there who is thinking about being an entrepreneur or is an entrepreneur in the beginning of stages of their business? For me, it was interesting that I was always trying to trying to feel stable. Like I was like, okay, one more client and then I'll leave. One more client and then I'll leave. Like I was trying to find the the balance of feeling like, okay, I'm going to replace my income and feel safe enough to do so. Um, 
but then there were limitations on both. Like I wasn't giving my all at the dental office and I wasn't giving my all in my, in my business, but I still feel like there is that happy medium to find. But at some point it's just being willing to, to go all in and take that leap. And I think the big shift for me was understanding that a lot of people stay in a nine to five because they think it's safe to have someone else sign their paychecks. But when you're an entrepreneur, you have so many more opportunities, whether it's more clients or other revenue streams, and even look at what's going on in the world right now with COVID-19, that a lot of people are losing their income and that's not very safe, is it? That mm-hmm. like something out completely out of our control has happened and, um, and left us in this position. And, and I'm so glad that I realized that as an entrepreneur that I had to make this work and I could find other opportunities and it, it involved, it required me to take that leap and go all in on the business. Wow. Okay. And then what else would you say to individuals who are hesitating on how they might muster up the courage to take the step? It's easier said than done to be like, just do it. (laughs) Cause there's obviously so many, it's your life, it's your livelihood, it's supporting your family. It's, you know, it's your future. Um, I think it's really understanding and having a plan for how are you going to grow. It's not just, okay, I'm going to get through this week or this month. It's what is, what does the projection look like with growing your business to, you know, beyond what you are making your nine to five, beyond replacing your income, what kind of opportunities can you find, whether it's new clients or new programs or something. Um, And having that plan in place to, to feel like, okay, I can go all in and then being committed to it. Because if you don't have that commitment, Mm you you won't have anything and and I've always I've always looked at commitment as like this is not something that you feel this is just this is I'm committing to this and I'm doing it no matter what it takes and no matter how I feel mm. I think those are wise words Marley where uh, again I mean to restate what you just said is that commitment is not a feeling mm-hmm. you I mean you're doing that because you've decided to do it and you're not going to back off just because of, well, I just don't really feel like it today. Yeah. And being an entrepreneur for nearly 40 years, I get that. Um, the other one, of course, that you already alluded to for the listeners is that you knew early on that you liked video, but really sort of later on, if I'm going to sustain engagement in an opportunity, then it pretty well needs to be connected to what you enjoy doing. Otherwise, it's going to be pretty difficult to stay and keep the uh, foot on the pedal. Mm -hmm. So with that, so what is your business now, Marley? Uh, Now we do, so I went from being a social media manager to then doing video specifically for my social media clients. So our business now is video marketing for for entrepreneurs, for influencers, for agency owners. And um, what we do is we create their entire video strategy and execute it for them. We batch film six months of content in three days. um, Or we also implement an entire strategy that their team can execute for them. Now, how is it that you can put six months of content together in three days? How how does that happen? Mm -hmm. A lot of planning, a lot of strategy. But really when you think about like how long it takes to film a video and then repurposing that video, So when we work with clients, six months of content in three days, if you're going to put out one YouTube video a week, that's really only 26 videos, which if it takes you 15 minutes to film a 10 to 15 minute video, you can get four done in an hour. Like in four hours, you have 16 done. Like you don't even have to take full days if you, if you need to. So um, it's pretty easy to actually get six months of content in three days. And then from that one video, it's repurposed to all your other social media platforms. Mm. 
So you went from this uh, social media manager into this video. What was driving that decision for you? Because if you think it out there, there's lots of different possibilities, right? Facebook ads that might have video, might not. But what drove you into this space? For me, it was um, it was kind of by accident. I, I started making videos for myself to get myself more visible and, and for people to be aware of me so that they could hire me for my services. And uh, some of these videos really started to take off. And when they started to take off, I thought, well, could I do this for my clients too? So I started to do it for my clients, and some of their videos started to take off. So I, I followed the path and, and then decided to go all in on doing video. Cool. Now, uh, you have your own podcast. Is it a video podcast or is it an audio podcast? Uh, it's audio. And so share with the audience what it is, the name of your uh, show, and what do you cover? Yeah, it's the VIP Code Podcast, and VIP stands for Video Impact Profit, and that's where we, we work with entrepreneurs to help them grow their impact and their profit through the power of getting visible through video. Mm. Cool. And so if I was to listen to your show, what would be some tips, other tips that you haven't covered so far that you would share with individuals out there about how they could use video to, you know, not every single person listening to this is a business owner, but many people work in businesses or they want to be a social influencer in some way or another. So how, how do I really think about video in a different way versus just kind of posting anything up there? Yeah, and that's, that's a good point that you brought up there is it's not just posting anything. It's not creating content for the sake of content. We want to make content that is actually going to make an impact, that's going to give people the emotional shift that they need to, to make a purchase decision. Um, people buy based on emotion, and they justify based on logic. And so when we're creating content, we want to create content that, that makes an impact for people. And the best way to do that is through storytelling and being vulnerable through your stories. So, for example, like before, I used to just share strategies and tactics and just teaching. But now in my content, what has changed everything is by sharing a story up front to share, like, why this is important, how this has impacted me, a personal story of, of why this works or, or my struggle to discovering how this works. Um, because when people hear the story, that's how they, they relate to you. They resonate with your, with your message or, you know, just any of the challenges that you might have been through. Um, personally, recently, I actually uh, went through a divorce, and I shared that on my social media very vulnerably, mm-hmm. and it was, of course, one of the hardest things to admit and to um, to just put out there, and, and I mean, vulnerability, it, it means exposure. It means, it, you know, exposing an area of weakness, but what happened when I, when I decided to embrace that message is that my audience embraced me, and the community became stronger around me. And they encouraged me to push on for them, not just for me. So if I had let that experience negatively impact me to the point where I stopped creating content, it wouldn't just impact me. So what would you say, you know, to individuals? And as you know, just before we got on the show, I said we don't do a lot on marketing on secrets of success because we really talk about success strategies in life. However, what you're talking about is I'm just really video is the medium. Mm-hmm. message is still core no matter if it's in writing or if it's a podcast like we're doing now or something like that what would you say to individuals who are really i don't want to say um uh, full of themselves but they're just cautious or they're just hesitant to do what you did about, with your divorce mm-hmm. yeah and i get it it's it's scary and it requires stepping out of your comfort zone 
um, vulnerability isn't comfortable, what too often we let comfort stop us from going to that next level or what we need to do in our, in our life or our business to get to that next level. Um, and the thing is, like, look at all the people who might have inspired you and why did they inspire you? Likely because you saw what they had to go through to get to their success story. Like you share the, the secrets of success and it's not just like overnight success. They woke up that way. They had to hit rock bottom and crawl their way back up. And when people, I mean, look at the movies that we watch. Like we watch the, the main character, the protagonist um, succeed at the end, whether they they won the race or got the girl or landed the job, we're cheering louder when they won because we saw what they had to go through. Mm. Which, interesting enough, is one of the hallmarks of the Secrets of Success show is we spend some time in a person's journey and their story. And, in fact, I just recorded um, an episode just before you were on, Marley, who uh, was homeless for uh, some time before he got out of that and then became a top a business consultant, but really it was a story that was captivating. Uh, the fact that he's a top business consultant was quite frankly, secondary to the engagement of the story. Mm-hmm. So when you think about your business now, what would be some other advice pieces you would have to, and I'm going to call you a young person, uh, Marley compared to me, if <laughs> that's okay with you is what would you say uh, to other individuals who now are kind of in their own business some advice pieces that you would have for them about running a successful entrepreneurial venture? Um, I think the biggest thing is, is discovering your stories and how they made you who you are and how you can share that with your audience. Um, and also building a team around you. Building a team has been one of the most exciting things to me, a, a joy to not do this alone and I had to overcome a fear of mine of, of sharing that with people or feeling like, oh, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. And I'm so glad that I, that I overcame that because my business has grown so much bigger and gone so much further than if I was just doing it alone um, and has allowed me to step into a leadership position, which has benefited me just by, by learning how to be a leader for myself, for my team, for my clients, for my audience. Um, we as entrepreneurs, we need to learn how to be leaders. And did you take any advice from others or what are some of the strategies you use to hire, you know, quality team members and to develop them? Yeah, I think mentorship is so important. I'm, I'm always, I've never been without a mentor. There's always people to, to learn from and you can stand on the shoulders of giants. And um, Alex Sharfin was my, is my mentor who I've learned so much about leadership and, and team development and growth from him and, uh, all the processes in my business around hiring the right people are from, from Alex Sharfin. Mm. And what, what got you thinking about getting a mentor or slash kind of a coach in the background? Because uh, not everybody's open to that idea. I mean, more so now from uh, this is my 30th, 31st year in the industry, and it wasn't a really big thing back then. So what, what got you thinking about having a mentor? It's funny, like when when you're a kid and let's say you're playing soccer or whatever, there's always a coach. There's someone to see the things that you don't see and help you to make the tweaks or the pivots to to play better, to perform better. And why would it be any different in entrepreneurship? That's something that it's it's more than a game. This is life. This is changing the world in your own little way or big way, hopefully big Mm -hmm. way. 
Um, and so having a, a mentor, a coach who has done it, who you can learn from, who you can see how they've grown through struggles, um, it, it was very clear to me from the beginning, like, who has done what I want to do and how can I learn from them? So whether that was taking a course, reading a book, um, or like paying someone to be my mentor, there, there are free, you can take YouTube, uh, YouTube videos all day to learn from mentors. You can get books from the library. It doesn't have to be an investment financially, but it has to be an investment of your time for sure. Mm. Well, that is true. My, my kids who are 24 and 23, probably when somebody listens to this older than that, is uh, they taught us that, hey, if you want to learn something, dad, just like go onto YouTube and just search it. You'll find it and they'll show you how to change the light bulb on your motorcycle. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> you get that, is that all the information you need is available, isn't it? Yeah, everywhere. Now, when we think about um, crafting a message, what are some mistakes, and maybe we've already said it to a certain degree, but are what some mistakes that people make when they start uh, crafting messages out there in the video space that you have seen that you really want to encourage people to avoid? Um, a lot of it is uh, not creating, first of all, like let's, let's be totally real, that when you're first creating your message, you're finding your voice. Uh, and you should make mistakes. You will make mistakes. Um, and that's how you find your voice and discover who you authentically are. And we have a lot of influences around us to, to you know, imitate how, how other people are sharing a message and like try it on for size to see if we like that or not and see what our audience resonates with. Um, so there for sure will be mistakes along the way. I think the biggest mistake you can make though is just not being authentic to yourself. I think of Gary Vaynerchuk who Gary, uh, he did 10,000 hours of wine library TV before anyone really knew who he was. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't become a influencer overnight for the most part. Yeah. It's this consistent uh, commitment to that. Now, what story, Marley, could you tell the audience that we would not see coming, that would be a personal story from you that would be memorable but also have a life lesson attached to it? Hmm. A life lesson for me. I mean, even my my divorce story. Uh, I mean, I I didn't see that coming, and I think that's that was one thing that when I shared that with my audience to say my marriage ended, especially because on social media we often show the highlight reel of all the things that are working well, um, and it's not really appropriate to share when you're in a time of struggle when it's a wound. So Brene Brown talks about this, that vulnerability is so important, but it's important to share the scars and not the open wounds. Mm -hmm. So for me, sure, when my marriage was going downhill, I couldn't be like sharing that because it's, it's too painful. So when I decided that it was appropriate to share what was going on, um, that's what made the audience really pay attention and take note and, and allow them to resonate with me because um, because I was willing to share in a time when it was tactful and appropriate. Mm. I think that word appropriate is there, isn't it? I mean, do you find that there are some people who are on social media where they just really go too far too soon or uh, the word inappropriate uh, fits into that category? I mean, sure, there's, there's social media uh, influencers who are pranksters or um, flash in the pan is what I kind of like to call them, um, mm -hmm. that they do it for 
a stunt rather than for impact. And I think that the people that are listening to this or the people that, that I usually speak to are the ones that they're doing this for a reason for, for impact, not for entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and by the way, Marley, thanks for coming on and, and sharing some of your story with us. But uh, why is it that video is so uh, powerful these days? I mean, can, can, I, can I be successful in communicating a message of, of who my company is or who I am without that? I mean, you could, but it's not uh, – look at the people that, that you follow and that you admire and you respect. You, you likely do that because you resonate with them. You know who they are on a personal level rather than just on the, a brand level of this is what I do. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are, and then that, that message is, what's, is what resonates emotionally with the audience. Absolutely. So what other tips would you have for uh, the audience today around them putting together – um, a, I'll call it a video or a communication uh, strategy for them that you haven't shared up to this point? Um, the biggest thing is like understanding your message, your story, and then speaking to what your audience needs. So instead of just creating content that you think your audience wants, I also would recommend polling your audience or, or looking to what are the questions that they're ask, actually asking? What are the struggles they're actually having that I can provide value around? And how would I do that? How could I find that information? Uh, you could, I mean, ask your audience on your social media, say something like, if you were to sit across from me and pick my brain, what questions would you ask me? Or even look at Facebook groups that your target demographic is in and look at what are the conversations they're having. Look at your competitors and see what other kind of content they're making that their audience is resonating with that could potentially be your audience. Mm, mm, that's awesome. Well, we only have a few minutes left, Marley. So before we kind of get into our last comments, how can they find out about you and also your podcast? Um, yeah, I would love for you to join me on YouTube and Instagram. Look up Marley Jacks, and uh, my podcast is uh, the VIP Code Podcast. And Jax is J A X X. That's right. So, and we'll have that in the show notes with it. Now, beyond what we've shared, so uh, you've shared so far, Marley. What would be some other um, things of wisdom and ideas that could help the audience to kind of take their life to the next level? Um, you know, we kind of touched on commitment earlier, and commitment is one of my favorite words, just that, it, like I said, it's more than a feeling. It's a, it's a commitment to yourself. It's a commitment to, to your audience, to the people who need you. And for me, um, I had to make a decision that commitment – is is one of my highest values that when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do it. Um, commitment means not taking your successes or your failures personally. Commitment means playing even when you're hurt. And uh, commitment doesn't care how you feel. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Much appreciated. Well, Marley, I can't believe that we're already getting close to the end of the show. Any final comments you want to share with the audience before we depart? Well, I think I just did. I just say keep committed um, and, and share your story because there are people who need it. And if you don't, um, you're not just doing a disservice to yourself. You're doing a disservice to the people who are looking for a message just like yours. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Stay with us, Marley. So you've been listening to Marley Jacks and go to MarleyJacks.com. And if we think about today, even though you're listening to this podcast, we know that most of us consume some kind of video. You're probably on Facebook and you're consuming all the video clips that come from your different uh, subscribers or promotions that are there. So 
think about Marley as somebody who could advise you in that area. The other one is, is that, you know, our stories matter, you matter, and everybody has something positive to share in whatever context that that might uh, mean. Now, thank you as always for sharing your most valuable commodity with us, and that is your time. If you like what we're doing, please pass it on, please share, let somebody else know about it. And thank you for listening to Secrets of Success. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.